Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those squirrely emotions. Perhaps you've been hijacked today. It's amazing how quickly that amygdala, which is the emotional center of the brain, has a little trip wire, and it doesn't take a lot to trigger it and then cast us out of all logic and spirit-driven living. Who can save us from this? Thanks be to God. We have victory through Jesus Christ. And our topic today is going to be a continuation of a series that we're doing linking emotional intelligence in Christ and DISC. And I am joined today with my friend and dear colleague, Ken Vogus, and he's the adjunct professor in the doctorate program at Dallas Seminary and has become a mentor of of mine, um, incredibly gifted at communicating and making the complex simple and applicable when it comes to the Holy Scriptures. Our mission here at Edge Got In is to champion your human potential in Christ. One of our foundational verses is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Our emotions can be a huge yoke of slavery if they are not controlled, guided, inspired by the Holy Spirit. The definition of emotional intelligence that we have come up with through the Holy Spirit is this. It is the activation of the Holy Spirit within you to help you to discern and manage your emotions and behavior in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. Our learning objective for today is at the end of today's podcast, you will actually learn five components of the second phase of emotional intelligence, that being self-management. In our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, we took the work of Daniel Goldman, inspired by John Mayer, and we brought in the um, biblical inspiration into the theory of emotional intelligence. What we found is that the structures and the process of emotional intelligence is excellent. The work of Daniel Goleman and his book that was launched in 1995, Emotional Intelligence, is profound at giving us insight as to how God wired our brain. And the more we can understand that, the more we're in a position to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to use what he's gifted us with, um, coming, coming straight from the limbic system to the emotional, to the logical, to the creation of the frontal cortex, which is problem solving, all of it, to use it for his glory. And so the one missing piece, and this is the piece that we're bringing in, is the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to discern and manage our emotions in a way that honors God. You can learn more about the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project at EmotionalIntelligenceInChrist.com. We're pulling from some of the information. Ken Vogus was one of our, four of our, there was four of us, the God Squad, um, who were pulled together for this particular project. And he was instrumental in uh, being a resource for us 
and making that bridge between the desk, which by the way, we have at edgegodin.com. You can visit us there for that four-part series on the desk. And we're following it up with linking the desk profiling, personality profiling to the emotional intelligent aspect. And it's amazing when we follow Jesus' example before we jumped on, Ken said a beautiful prayer, um, inviting God's guidance um, to show us to basically follow Jesus' lead in this area. So that's our that's going to be our conversation, our focus today is the step two or part two of connecting emotional intelligence in Christ to DISC, self-management. And we have redefined that focus on self-control, being that that is the caboose of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control allows us to be kind and gentle and loving. We need the Holy Spirit's help though. So let's jump in in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we know that without you, without your presence, without your nudging us when we get hijacked by the flesh, as St. Augustine said, give us the grace to allow our spirit to guide our flesh versus our flesh guiding our spirit. We're seeing a lot of that around us today, and perhaps we're triggered by those things today. So we come to you. We lay it all down at your feet because your burden is easy, your, your yoke is light, and you give us the ability and the grace to overcome those emotions that prevent us from being your ambassador and spreading your love in this world so that when people see how we show up in love, they recognize you in our face, our intonation, our body language. So have your way with us, Lord, in spite of ourselves and lead us on. May the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who's tuning in today. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. So Ken, I'm so glad that you're continuing on with this four-part series again, because this information is is very powerful when we understand and follow Jesus' lead in the area of emotional intelligence. And um, very grateful for your time and your wisdom today. Just a pleasure as always just to be with you and uh, look forward to <laughs> where the Lord would take us, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. We're always on his time for his purposes. Mm-hmm. So let's let's jump in. We're talking about self-management. And again, Daniel Goldman did an excellent job in his book, Emotional Intelligence, that was on the New York Times bestseller list, by the way, in 1995 for a year and a half. It's still very popular. In it, he describes different components as well that support self-management. We've redefined this second phase as self-control, knowing that that is the fruit of the spirit that allows the other fruits to come to fruition. And so we're talking about, we're going to focus on five subcategories of the definition of self-management, the ability to control one's emotions, to be disciplined, to maintain that sense of composure in the midst of stressful and trying emotions, right? I'm curious, Ken, where do you find Jesus handling an extremely stressful event? Because let's follow his lead on this area of self-control. Well, there, there are a number of case studies, but I wanted to, to go ahead and take what I think is the, the most stressful of all. 
And it had to do with Jesus, you know, going through a 40-day fast. Uh, I can't imagine what that's like. Neither can I. And if you're just on water <laughs> for 40 mm. days, uh, I mean, you got to be stressed out. I mean, mm. you really do. And I would say that probably this is the case study where Jesus was at his weakest. And the issue is, okay, who shows up <laughs> when you're weak? Mm. Satan. He shows up. And he goes ahead and challenges Jesus and uh, comes up with a statement. It says, prove yourself, you know, and the way he says is, if you are, and I know that you are, prove it. Hmm. And what I'd like you to do is go ahead and change these stones to bread. <laughs> you know, so hmm. it's Satan's agenda. And then you go ahead and uh, uh, see, well, how did Jesus handle it? And, and he said, uh, he basically said, but he answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is so critical modeled here by Christ is our really offensive, only offensive weapon that we have as believers is the word of God and our knowledge to go ahead and implement uh, the scripture to challenges that come our way uh, is the way to go ahead and do it, which suggests that we better know what scripture has to say. Mm. And I think right in this situation, this is, this is how Jesus handled it. And he is in a very stressful situation, but then he said he quoted scripture. And um, that's my answer to that. Was he stressed out? Yes. How did he handle it? How did he have uh, the discipline to handle it? He used, he, he, went ahead and uh, uh, went toward scripture or the knowledge of scripture and quoted it. Mm. What incredible, clear guidance and a directive for us, huh? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we've got so many errors coming our ways and you use the word hijacked and, and you know, a lot and I understand it. And, and unless we can go ahead and counter that, we're in deep trouble. I mean, Absolutely. we really are. And the more we know scripture and, and have a fellow believers at our side that know scriptures so we can go and, and uh, land on the truth of how to go ahead and respond is critical. Hmm. You know, it's really interesting in Daniel Goldman's book too, um, he lays out how, how to talk back when you are spun, right? When self-control starts to slip, like yes. he, used, he used the example of driving in your car and someone cuts you off. And then in 125 thousandths of a second, the tripwire of the amygdala is pulled and it's actually a threatened response. Anger comes from feeling threatened and there's some fear behind it. And so one of his suggestions is to talk back to it, right? To, to suggest a different way of, of reasoning with that anxiety triggered right. moment by simply saying, hey, um, maybe they're on the way to the hospital, Get, have a generous assumption as Brene Brown talks about, um, which is great. And taking it further in emotional intelligence in Christ, with Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, following his lead and using the word of God mm -hmm. to speak back is sharper than any double-edged sword piercing heart, soul, and marrow. 
And so I appreciate you, you bringing up this, this guidance to the moments when we do lose control. Right. And that happens quite a bit, actually. (laughs) All you have to do is, is get there as, you know, embrace fear (laughs) with emotion and boy, you're in trouble. And you've got to have a counter counter strategy. You have Mm -hmm. to be proactive. Absolutely. But, but but your anchor is scripture. It's, you know, and to me, that's the model that we have here. I mean, that's how Jesus handled it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, the thing is, it, it, it doesn't stop Satan. He'll keep coming back, he'll, he, you know, with, oh, yeah. with, with a different strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I appreciate your, your uh, coming back with that word strategy that, um, you know, when I was training for my black belts, the the guy who trained me was an eighth degree black belt from Korea, and he he was a Christian, a believer as well. Mm-hmm. And his big thing was, um, hey, your greatest place of preparation for what's going to hit you in the world is on your knees, right? Because mm-hmm. he would use the 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 metaphor of we're training outside the ring so we can be successful in the ring. And so when we're facing our opponent in the ring, when we've practiced our skill set outside, the chances are it'll be in muscle memory. Yes. And so thinking about the scriptures, the more we meditate on the word of God and store it within our heart, then it becomes spiritual memory. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're able to um, be quick on our feet, so to speak when Satan comes at us. So that, that's a wonderful focus for the first component. Let's, let's shift to the second component of self-management or self-control. And this is basically goal-directed performance, taking ownership of acceptable risks. So what does that mean? What you, what you do is I, I like, I like the word you choreograph what you're going to do before it happens so that you're back to your memory, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, muscle memory, you right. know, that you're not surprised at that. And you know, that there are going to be things that happen that, that are going to be a surprise. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing with, 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 with Satan, he didn't, you know, of course he didn't, he didn't give up. And he, he came with a different angle, you know, mm-hmm. he, uh, in, in, in that temptation thing. And the, the one that was is really scary, Lauren, is when person who is evil quotes scripture at you. Mm. <laughs> you that's re- that 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 is crazy. And, and I know some priests who who have actually been a part of exorcist exorcisms yeah. and um they say that they've been in, in uh, the presence of evil and the yeah. person who's possessed will actually quote scripture against right. them. Right. Right. And, and that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. with Satan in the second, I call it the second round. Mm. And uh, what he did, what he did is he referenced Psalm 91, 11 to 12. And this is, I'll read it. He says, and the what Satan said in quoting Psalm 91 was this, he will give his angels charge concerning you and and their hands will help you bear up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. So he was challenging him to go ahead and jump off a pinnacle of the temple, no suggesting that there'll be an angel down there to catch him, hmm. you know. 
And he quoted that scripture just to uh, verify this is what the scripture says. So therefore, you ought to be able to pull that off. Hmm. <laughs> the problem with that was it, it was the missing text con after concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Instead, Satan said, and by suggesting actions of angels, it called it's called proof texting. It's making a half-truth statement to mislead the actual intent of the passage. And you better you better understand scripture when that's quoted to you to know when when there's there's some falsehood going there. And and uh, Jesus didn't fall for it. What he said to him, <laughs> what he said to Satan was, on the other hand. It is written, "You shall not tempt the Lord God, uh, the Lord your God." So he had a counteraction there because he understood Scripture and he understood the misquoting. So the 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 the, the message that I'm saying, you better understand Scripture when you have these proof texters that misquote Scripture. It sounds right, but it's wrong, and they're using it to just to manipulate. And that's, of course, what you were happening in this situation, in this second round with Satan and the temptation. Well, I appreciate you saying that, that this is not, not his first, first rodeo, because, nope. because he, he brought this up in, in Genesis chapter two. You got and, it. You know, when he's nailing the, the question, did God really say did that? He so he had that? this, he had the same approach and, you know, Ken, this is so powerful for, for us to study. It's like in sports, you study your opponent, the moves of your opponent right. so that you can, you can counter intelligently um, to move forward in a, in a positive way and reach your goals. Right. So it's the same thing, spiritually speaking, if we understand our opponent, this is the same theme, different stage. He just keeps hitting the repeat button. He yep. takes scripture out of context, deceived Eve question, made her question, took the, took the original thing. Did God say you can't eat of any, you know, God didn't say you can't eat of any guard, any tree in the garden. It's one tree. So, so all, all the while he just switches one or two words right? and, and just to, to flip us off course, which is again, as to, to your point, it's essential that we yeah. meditate on the word of God, listen to it, get the Bible app in your between activities, put it on. So your mind starts to get filled with the truth because there's so much falsehood out there right now. Yeah, and I really appreciate you bringing up the thing with you know with Eve. I mean, you know, she she, she was she was naive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and and not really understanding what was going on here, and it is it is so sneaky. Yeah, and exactly. And, yep. and and I think what I try to do is suggest, hey, I don't know it all either, and I'm trying to surround myself with people that can be my support. This is yeah. what I'm hearing. What do you think? Or what do you hear? You know, type yes. of thing to have a network of believers to come, come uh, to be available to us. When we, when something in your gut is saying this, this doesn't sound quite right. Off. Yep. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, to have that resource and that backup is absolutely critical too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Two. I just. I just was talking to my husband about this last night. I said two. Two are better than one, in terms of um, you know Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, and they were doing some major work. 
they were casting out demons that were healing people. Yeah. And so the same, the same thing holds true today. The protocol for exorcisms is they always send more than one priest, more, yeah. more than one person to go into the scene to, to basically hold the space spiritually speaking. So it's, it's the same, same kind of thing. So good stuff. Good stuff. Let's move to component three of yeah. self-management self-control mm -hmm. and that's integrity, trustworthiness operating from and within personal standards and values. So, so what does that mean? How is that a component of self-management or self-control? Well, and, and to me, your values are everything mm -hmm. to you know, give you that, what, what you, would you say cornerstone mm -hmm. uh, of, of understanding and, and uh, uh, pre -un uh, direction with regard to your strategy uh, to, to uh, go ahead and, and know when, when you need to go ahead and say, Hey, this is just wrong. Be gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, when we're not, when we're not aligned with our behaviors, with what we value most and our values don't come from God, then chaos is the ramification. You got it. And, and, and it's so subtle and it's another one of those things. It looks so good mm. and why not try it? Why not mm -hmm. do Take it? Take a bite. Take you know, bite. And, and Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world. If he mm. would just fall down and worship him. Mm -hmm. And what what he did, what Satan did at that point, he just crossed the line. And I like it that Jesus did, <laughs> just shut the whole thing down there. It's kind of like uh, there's there's a saying that was used. I've heard many times and I like it. You know, when you know it's just wrong and you just need to stand up and say, this is the end of this conversation. It's like mm -hmm. Satan stepped on Superman's cape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was like, this was like, like, like he's, he's revved up to just drop yeah, the mic. We, yeah. You got it. You know, this is where we are. We're, we're, we're not quoting scripture anymore. We're just shutting this whole thing down. And just as Jesus answers is he said, be gone, Satan, for it is written. You shall worship the Lord, your God and serve only him. Mm. He came back with the scripture, but he says, this conversation is over. Mm. Mm hmm. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the, the other thing about it, what's in the scripture says, and Satan did leave, but he kept oh, uh, the uh, whole situation open, open for another opportunity. He was looking yes. for another opportunity. Another here. opportunity you know, time. He never left it. He went, he, get, he left the scene, but he didn't leave not coming back. I mean, he said he's just looking for another opportunity to go ahead and, and, and come back. So you, you really have to be on guard. Well, the, the verse I'm thinking about there is the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to do. You got it. Yep. Yep. And Jesus modeled what Paul was saying there, resist yeah. him and he will flee. Yeah. He's always looking for, for an, another opportune time to come and snag us. Right. Uh, but that, but that's, that's good protocol right there for us to maintain that integrity, trustworthiness and operating from within our own personal standards and values as grounded in God. And that's the piece that, um, we really blew out in emotional, in our book, the emotional intelligence in Christ, Daniel Goleman did an excellent job laying it up, yeah. um, serving it up in terms of from the worldly perspective, more of a secular perspective, but the missing piece that makes it all possible is the presence of God within us and the, and the active live word of God. 
and being able to call on that to make self-control a lifestyle um, with God and through God and in God. So be gone, Satan. Um, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So listeners, keep that in mind, Matthew 4, 8 through 10. And we'll have this up at edgegodin.com. We'll have the scriptures along with um, the one sheet that you can print out to capture your learnings from today's study, which we encourage you to do. It's downloadable at the site as well. Be gone, Satan, to, to talk back using scripture as Jesus did. So whatever you're going through today emotionally, look up a scripture that can speak into it, whether it's fear, whether it's self-doubt, anxiety, worry, dread, all of the different areas, this, the shadow side that Satan likes to snag us in, right? It's our, um, our desert. And he's yeah. slithering around when we're compromised. Right. So all the more um, talk back and know those scriptures. And even if you don't memorize it, print it out, carry it with you. And when you start to feel that flare up, you speak back to that fear and that anxiety and that dread and allow the power of God within you to solidify and anchor the personal standards and values in Christ in and through you. So that is the third component really putting a hedge of protection around our personal standards and values as followers of Christ. The fourth component attached to the self-management or self-control is limiting negative emotions, patterns, and spirals. And Daniel Goldman speaks a lot about that as well in his book. Um, but again, pulling in the perspective as a follower of Christ, it's it's uh, victorious in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what what I think with regard to handling um, emotion, a negative emotion, the case study that I I land on is him going to go ahead and um, and 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 experience going to the cross, and I can't imagine the emotion that's there. He knows the pain and the suffering he's going to endure. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that is so significant, which I think is even greater than that, that he has got to experience separation for the father, which had never occurred. Hmm. I can't imagine what that was like. Yeah. And he, and he sought the support of the, of the disciples. And guess what they did? Sleeping on the job. Sleeping on the job. <laughs> yep. And so he was there alone dealing with this thing. And I can I can just he wasn't crazy about this, you know, he wasn't crazy about it at all. And I think the the, the greater issue here emotionally was the separation from the father. Mm. I think and yeah, I like that as you're saying bad that. as going to the cross was the, the physical suffering, I mean, is it was it's it's horrible. Mm. But the emotional connection being broken there because he had on his own uh, take on the sins of the world. Man, that's mm. heavy. It's that's heavy very, stuff. Yeah. 
It is. And, and, and he, and he goes down and he prays. And the, the first time he's just on his knees and he says, father, if there's another way I'm open to that idea, you know, that, I'm paraphrasing. I think we can all relate to that one. <laughs> <laughs> if there's is there another, another way to... out, is there another way out? I remember thinking that with my first pregnancy and I was nine months pregnant and I knew what I had to go through. I'm like, Lord, there's gotta be another way. <laughs> there's gotta be an easier way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's coming, but it's like, Oh my gosh. But but what's so interesting that this is this is captured, uh, you know, in in the Gospels. But the one that really gives me tremendous insight to understanding the stress he was under is from Luke. Mm. And of course, he's a doctor and he records the fact that Jesus is sweating, but he's sweating blood, Mm -hmm. which is an actual condition. That that is that is a person who is under stress beyond which they should be able to handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't get there unless it's just totally the max. I mean, we're zero to ten, it's a twenty. You know. Yeah. And well, that's where he is. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and and so he goes ahead and he and he prays, and of course they're sleeping. So he goes by himself and prays again, and then. And, and, and there's, there's something different about the second prayer than the fir- first one. Mm-hmm. He is basically accepting it on the second one, where there's somewhat of, if you can, I can say, peace about where he's headed. He knows it's terrible. He's, go- he's accepted that. He's managed it, emotion mm-hmm. and said, hey, I'm going <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, the thing that 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 I that I appreciate so much is the guys are sleeping, Lauren, mm-hmm. but somehow an angel shows up and says, "I'm with you." <laughs> yep, I love that. I was oh. just thinking about that scene oh, and, and the fact gosh. that the angel shows oh. up the angel to strengthen him. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know, Peter's sleeping, and then all the other guys are sleeping. So your know? father and mother forsake you. I'll never forsake you. <laughs> I'm sending my angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm going in. <laughs> exactly, we're sending in special ops. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The special forces. Yep. <laughs> the cavalry yep. is arriving, and it exactly. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and and I mean, just to bring this in too, because I know you and I have had this discussion before, and we've included it in in our in our book. Um, you know, he could have called legions of angels. Yeah, and talk and, about self control. Yeah. Well, what you're doing is you're you're you're, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm jumping ahead. That's okay. I'm jumping that's ahead. okay. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. He that he you know, of course. What happens in that scene is that Peter, you know, plays Zorro mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and it doesn't do a very good job. He just cuts the ear off the of the high priest ser- servant, you know, and then Jesus mm-hmm. rebukes him and he says, you know, don't you get it? You know, <laughs> I have at my resources 12 legions of angels available to me if I wanted them, but mm-hmm. I'm refusing to go ahead and exercise that option. Wow. Ma, yeah. he hadn't given up one ounce of his power, Mm-mm. but he set it aside for us. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? 
That is incredibly impressive. And the verse that's coming to my mind are blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And the meek, you know, meekness uh, has been spoken about through the scriptures as, as a phenomenal quality to have. And I believe only possible in relationship to Christ truly authentically, because it's power under control. And it's not just power under control, it's power under God's control. Amen. And so meekness is power under God's control. Yeah. And that is a perfect example of meekness. Yeah. And um, one that that we can all lean into, because there's so many times when we're in the face of injustice and things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually a podcast uh, we recently did called That's Not Fair. If listeners, if you haven't listened mm-hmm. to that one, go back and listen to that one. That's not fair. Because uh, when things are happening that we deem an unjust, not fair, even if it's not to us, and it's like third hand observation, we have this trigger inside that can trigger us into the flesh very quickly. And out of what Paul talks about in Philippians, consider the needs of others better than yourselves, love one another, as Christ just love you, to me to live as Christ, to die as gain. All the things that Paul has said through the New Testament all come back to, hey, I'm nothing without Christ. So the only thing I'm going to talk about is Christ, because that's my victory. So when we do feel hijacked um, and meekness goes to the goes to the basement of our emotions to pause and and reflect on Jesus example of meekness here. It's just so profound. He could have called down legions and he chose not to. So very, very powerful. Let's shift to the last component of our coaching conversation today. And that is the, the uh, agility or flexibility, being adaptable, being able to adapt, to be able to solve a problem. Um, leading toward positive conclusions or accepting the controversy, whatever it is, in challenging cultural norms. Now, simply worded, it's basically having the ability to stay calm and steady in the midst of the storm or in the midst of undesirable circumstances and being flexible and adaptable to what? Now, secularly speaking, emotionally, intelligently, they would speak to being adaptive so that you keep your stress amygdala calm and the neocortex can take over, which is the problem-solving part of the brain, right? You can stay calm. How do we how do we manage how we're wired? What we're talking about is victory, pulling it through even further toward the source of our victory, which is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had plenty of earth school case studies where he was cha- he 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 challenged religious leaders so can you share a little bit about that ken yeah i you know i i what is so comforting me um lauren is is that there were times when jesus really uh was angry inside and how he controlled it because he he saw so much in the, with regard to the pharisees the unfairness of who they were and the mm. hypocrisy of who they were. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 the, the scene was that he's in a synagogue on the Sabbath and they're there mm. and there's a man there and he's got a withered hand and he knows what, what he's wanting to do, but he also knows he's being watched. 
and and he knows the mind of who they are and 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 he's really i I, i'm going to use the word he was angry inside but he controlled it Hmm. by asking them a a question Uh, the pharisees there says is it okay to is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or do evil to save a life or destroy it. And this is interesting. What did they do? They kept silent because they had an agenda, an unfair agenda to get some dirt on him to go ahead and kill him. And he could have gone ahead and just let it go and wait until the next day and heal the guy, but he didn't. Hmm. You know, he, he, he just... I, I kind of love it. You know, it's just a little fresh coming out here. <laughs> I know. I know. I totally get it with this, with this story, because I've, I've thought about you know, this story many just times. There and says, just, okay. Just plows ahead. I know you're not going to answer me, <laughs> but yeah. I thought I'd ask the question anyway. Yep. And by the way, I'm going to heal the man now. <laughs> and he says, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at Jesus ability. And again, um, he's our, he's our mentor and model of emotion. He is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the beginning of the book of John, I believe it's chapter three or four, where the people started to believe in him because of the miracles. Oh, it's, it's chapter four. That's right. Because chapter four is the woman at the well. And then, uh, the people started to believe in him. Right. And then, um, but he didn't, there's, there's the verses that talk about his response to the fact that that, you know, Hey, Jesus is catching on. People are believing in him, right? He's becoming popular. Yeah. And he did not, I love this verse that speaks about, he did not entrust himself to man because he knew what was in man's heart. You got it. And he just kept his eyes fixed on the mission through which his heart beat for us and our salvation. And that is such great guidance for us when, when we're, when we're seeking positive conclusions and problem solving, and not getting hijacked, so we're self-aware and self-control, controlled. Um, that we that we follow Jesus' model on that. He was impeccable yeah. at that, and this is a perfect example of of how he he handled it, and yet right. didn't didn't give himself over to man, which is so yeah. easy to do. It's like, oh, I've got five million followers on social media, and then that becomes your identity. Right. Right. You know, he could he could have said, well, I'm not going to make an issue out of this thing. There's no reason to go ahead and make an issue out of this now. I'll take care of it silently and we'll, we'll go on. But he didn't do that. Mm-mm. He challenged them and he did it often. Yeah. He did it often. And he knew as often as he did it, that they would find a way to go ahead and, and, and kill him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think the one that, that really got me was in the raising of Lazarus. He knew that if he did that one, you know, that would go across the line as far as the Pharisees are concerned. We can't let this guy keep going because mm-hmm. everybody will believe in him. Yeah. And what was so sad about that, about Lazarus is that they, they galvanized themselves between the Pharisees and the Sadducees to go ahead and conspire to kill him. But they were also going to go ahead and kill Lazarus. Hmm. They did that one. They were, they, they were going to kill him, too, yeah. because he was, he was a, a validation of who Jesus was. So they, mm-hmm. had to, they had to do that one, too. It's so sad. But he never, Jesus never backed off. Mm-hmm. He just when it when it was appropriate, he'd always he's always challenge him. 
And what, uh, what a great example, Ken, for us today, in the yeah. midst of 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 our culture and and the yeah. different things that we're seeing. What a great example for us not to back off, yeah, but yet show up with strength, yeah, with uh, power under control, under God's control, yeah. and to really uh, approach situations yeah. with that well-posed question to guide people back to themselves rather than by our own effort, right. wanting to muscle our way over other people's opinions or thoughts rather than entering in with meekness and, and humility, yet a ton of power with Christ within us. So this is, this has been a great discussion today and um, we're going to continue on, right? It's my continue. honor to do it. And um, I am um, looking forward to, we've got, we got some more to go, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got, we've got two more, two more, two more phases. We've gone, gone through self-awareness. Um, we've gone through identity, which, which we refer to as identity in Christ and emotional intelligence in Christ. Um, self-awareness, self-management we spoke about today, that's self-control. And then next time we're going to be jumping into the third phase, which is the social management and all the behaviors that go along with that. Or we, we have um, defined it as the altruism aspect, yeah. loving your neighbor as yourself. That's only possible when we have our identity grounded in God. Mm -hmm. So um, this has been a, a great conversation today, Ken, as always. And listeners, this these were five components that were um, under the uh, phase of self-management. Highly recommend listening to, to this podcast again in, in light of thinking about where you struggle with managing your emotions and where you tend to lose self-control, uh, where you don't have self-control and you get spun and hijacked. Um, consider these four components, these four areas of that self-control, goal-directed performance and ownership and um, integrity, meaning aligning what you do with your personal values and standards as a follower of Christ, limiting negative emotions. And finally, the fifth component is that ability to adapt and be flexible with God no matter what situation. And that case study of the man with the shriveled hand, Jesus adapted with a well-posed question and then let the silence do the heavy lifting as he moved forward. And so we can learn so much about our own emotional intelligence and being able to discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God, because that's what we're here for. As Paul so beautifully pulled through all of the New Testament, we are here for Christ to live as Christ, to die as gain. Whatever we do, it's for Christ. Don't work for man, work for God, because we're, we're called according to his good purposes and plans that he's already prepared in advance for us to take a hold of. So it's a very um, deep topic and one that's extremely freeing to my brothers and sisters in Christ, because we're not alone with this. The Holy Spirit's not only our virtual assistance, but our, our assistant, but our guide to be successful in this area. So, Ken, any closing words? And if you could close us in prayer, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, thank I think so I'd much. just like to close in prayer um, with with it. I think we I think we covered it. And of course, you know, it's always back to Jesus, our model. Yeah. <laughs> the more mm -hmm. we know about Him and how He did it, 
the better off we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I've been doing this for about 40 years now, and, and I learn something every day mm-hmm. new about who Jesus was. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's, um, it's a study that's endless. Mm-hmm. So, let me just close in prayer here. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege I had to be with Lauren and uh, and oh, what a joy it is to talk about your son, Father. And uh, I pray that there's been some information and, and principles here that uh, you'll use in your special way, things that we didn't know we said, <laughs> but you can use anyway. So we just leave it at that and, and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Ken. You're just so, so full of the word of God and and your love for Christ is very evident. So thank you for your time today and offering your wisdom. And I look forward to our our next session, which will be next month. This is a four-part series on emotional intelligence in Christ and its connection to the DISC behaviors. So if you haven't already explored the DISC four-part series, please visit us at edgegodin.com. Thank you, Ken, so much. God bless you. And I am excited for our Christmas season coming up here. So listeners have a blessed, blessed Christmas season. And remember the reason for the season. Give them heaven out there. Outshine the darkness.